Alrighty, here we go again for another edition of the NRL podcast for sports. But I can tell you this, we are at full strength. The main man is back. Shawnee Omrod, welcome back, mate. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. We haven't really got everyone here in full tack because uh, our man Dan, Dan, you're coming in via satellite today. Hello, yes. Hello, Shawnee. Welcome back. Hello, Joel. Yes, live from the um, from Broad Beach on the Gold Coast. Uh, uh, work, uh, we're very kind in saying... Um, uh, we want you to have some days off before the season starts. I think they feared I might get a bit stroppy towards the end of the year, so they thought let's let let's get him loose early. Uh, so um, uh, did a week uh, did the Adelaide Supercars, which was fantastic. I didn't know. I didn't know you're a bogan, hot. Oh, Shawnee, you don't know me well at all. I'm all bogan, all bogan. There you go, mate. Uh, I'm I'm a Mustang freak. Um, but, uh, mate, it was 40 degrees on Saturday in Adelaide. Okay, it's summer. But um, you then combine that with the sort of a, a racetrack, the bitumen and the cement and all the chrome and the rubber tyres. And the cans of VB. It was 52 degrees on, 52 wow. degrees on track, and it was something like 65 to 70 degrees in those cars. It was Whew. insane. Bloody hell. Um, I, 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 and one, one poor bugger. I was going to say one poor bugger, Cam Waters, he, his cool suit broke. Fascinating thing, the cool suit, because it's this box. It's like a little, what looks like an ice chest that they rest on the passenger seat, and it's dry ice. And with all, it, it pumps in cool air into the suit or, 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 or vapor. But if that breaks, basically, imagine you're wearing a, a, a vest filled with water, and it's cooking. Oh. It's cooking. And that's what happened to this poor bastard. He had to retire after six laps. But anyway, great week. But I'm looking for I'm looking forward to talking to some footy. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, Sean and Joel, is that the three of us can debunk the most stupid idea in <laughs> rugby league history, and that Hang is on. the wild card idea. Well, I, I disagree. Let, let's launch into that then, shall we? Um, I vehemently disagree, Dan. But have your case. Please state the facts in your I, case. Just I I had you at a dollar dollar oh one. To uh to get behind this idea, sure. You know, you, you, well, you like you like left you know ideas out of left field, and this is right up your alley. Right, Dan, throw throw us at us. Okay, I'm just getting the tweet I sent out yesterday. I don't tweet often, but when things grab me, that these are my ideas. Watering down 25 rounds of footy for two mid-range games is stupid. The argument that there were 36 dead rubbers last year, um. It was a freak year, okay? The top eight was decided two months early. You're not going to have any, any, any more of those. This idea of uh, they do it in America, in baseball, well, only 10 Major League Baseball teams make the playoffs out of 30, 12 out of 32 in the NFL. The NBA playoffs, where more than half of the teams make it, they're terrible for the first couple of rounds before it starts getting interesting. Um, and honestly, are we going to reward 10th just so we can have perhaps a dozen games towards the end of the season that have a little bit of meaning. That's my question to you, Joel Kane. Well, you know, actually, Shawnee, you chime in. Yeah, What's so, your well, view? It's, look, it's a million to one to ever happen. And it's purely a diversion tactic by the NRL, given all that's gone on. Yes. We're two weeks away or, or a week now from, from season start. We haven't talked about an actual footy being thrown or kicked for however long. It's always it's all been sex tapes and you know yeah. whatever else. So I, I I applaud the NRL for throwing something out <laughs> yeah. there so we can actually you know talk Agreed. talk some footy even if it's even if it's nonsensical you know stuff. We're talking about some actual some actual footy. So I think they need a few more of these ideas out their sleeve and and whatever <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna need a lot of them, aren't they? So, hey. You know. Here's my thing, Dan, right? And I have been through yeah. people who have been very strong on either sides of the coin. Those who say it's a really good idea, if you check the Twitter threads, and this is bloody Twitter for you, 90% of those comments are negative, right? If you go to the people who are very opposed to the idea and you check those comments, 90% of the comments are negative. It's a cesspool for negativity. So don't let Twitter <laughs> and that sort of thing guide your opinion. But I come I want, up with my opinions on my own, thank no, you very no, much. No, but what I'm saying is, Dan, is that the number one retort around this whole thing is that, oh, why are we supporting mediocrity? Do yeah. people not realise that we already have 7th and 8th who are scraping in? Is that deemed mediocre? It is, but at least they're in the top half. Yeah, at, but, at least you can mount some argument that they should 
in most cases, at least win as many as they lose. Yeah, but Dan, the, the people who are saying, oh, we're rewarding mediocrity, they are defending that very thing. Let's talk about the teams who it affects, right? Teams one to six. Well done. Great season. You're rewarded with a week off, okay? Now, let's go to the other spectrum. So those teams late in the season from 11th down to 16th, well, hello. Remember Mary Swanson and uh, Lloyd Christmas? So, yeah, telling me there's a chance, right? So, oh, for all those fans, they can cheer them on. And the only two bloody teams that are affected by this whole thing in a negative way is teams seven and eight, i.e. mediocre teams. Because you know why they're negatively affected? Because instead of winning four games to pinch the premiership, we're now making it harder and they've got to win five games to win the premiership. So we're not rewarding mediocrity. We are punishing mediocrity and we are rewarding that top six with a week off because the fans want to see the best players play the biggest games and wouldn't coach just love to see him get an extra seven days. Well, hey, yeah. what, what, what a start. Take a breath, mate. Wow. But I don't understand. Does it warrant the anger? That, wasn't it? All the anger that everyone's coming up with and we're well, defending Team 7 and 8. Who cares? No, and that's the other thing. Everyone's very quick to slag off the NRL for, you know, for sitting on their hands and not, not doing anything different or new. And then they do try something, and then everyone, oh, everyone's just outraged about that. So there's a lot of outrage, and but that's what that's what keeps Twitter going, as you say, Joel. Dan, does okay. it does it okay. warrant the? Okay, I know where you stand on this, but does it warrant the outrage and the anger? If that's the biggest problem anyone's got in their week, oh, I want them off. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, it's not the biggest problem in rugby league. I agree with Sean; it was totally dropped as a diversionary tactic. Um, but okay I'll, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Why are we protecting seventh and eighth? Why are we having essentially a week off, right? We've, we've built all this momentum to the finals and we're going to copy the AFL to have a week off. And I'm sorry, but 7v10 and 8v9 does not get me particularly excited. And teams 1, 2, 3 and 4, right, they get that week off, as do 5 and 6, and then whoever wins out of those qualifying finals gets another week off. So you've got the potential that a team one or a team two or even three or four may play one game in a month no, heading that, into the prelim final. That can't be good. They, that's, pe- people take stats the way they want to do it. When they calculate one game in a month, they take the day after that game and they calculate yes. the day before the game, right? But in reality, the least amount of games they can play is three out of 23 days, which I think most, most coaches would bloody love that. Again, okay, okay. One game in three weeks. Okay, that is that is not a manipulation of the stats. It's one game in three weeks. Remember the old final five, mm. which I think I agree, I think is the the best final system we ever had. The problem is it doesn't provide enough games for television. That, that's why we don't have final five, Correct. and and because they 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 want to have more interest and have six, seven, and eight in as well. But team one would get the week off, and if they won the major semi, they'd get another week off. And that was always a debate. Oh, is that actually a good thing? So we want to bring that debate back. Yeah, well, I I, I do want to bring it back. Yes, <laughs> yes it sounds do. like you do want to but bring it back. But anyway, okay, so this this will go on and on and on. And as you, you blokes say, it's probably a million and one to happen. So let's talk a bit of footy. What I want to do, Dan, is uh, also mention we do have a private competition mm-hmm. in the million-dollar tipping with Sportsbet. So... Here is the private code if you wish to take on us three, which you need to do, Dan. You need to jump on there and uh, register yourself. As I well. thought I did. Oh, did you? Okay, I I'll check I that did. out. I, maybe I put in the wrong code. Okay, well, 59451. So for those who wish to take mm-hmm. us on, 59451 is the million-dollar code. And also what we need to do as well, Dan, is that we need a new podcast name. So we currently operate under the moniker of uh, oh, yes. Sportsbet's NRL podcast. A bit vanilla, that, isn't it? Very vanilla. So what's our racing's uh, three wide, no cover? Three wide, no cover, yeah. Um, the, the, the Greyhound one is the non-chasers. <laughs> a couple of maniacs running that one, let me tell you. Um, so we're after some podcast names. I don't know if you blokes got any suggestions. No, I'm not very uh, imaginative, Joel. That's your... Bread and butter. A few were saying. Do like, we want it to be a play on the th- the fact that it's three of us? Do we want it to be like three blind mice, or do we want it yeah, to be a play on bad. rugby league? It's got to be a plan. Whatever you like. It? Whatever you like. Just throw okay, it. Okay. Well, let the people des- let the people decide this. Yeah. Whatever you like. Are we ready to talk a bit of footy, Dan? We're Let's down to four it. teams. So today we preview the Melbourne Storm, the Knights. The Raiders and also the Cowboys. Now, we have covered off the other 12 teams in earlier podcasts, so check yeah. those out if you wish to catch up on those. But we start with the Melbourne Storm, Dan. This is a team who's looking for their fourth straight grand final. 
what do you see in the ins and outs? The major one, of course, no Billy Slater. Of course. Um, they've got a few outs, actually. Tim Glasby, Ryan Hoffman, um, young Tonema Payer and Riley Jacks, as well as the big one in, in Billy Slater. The ins, well, uh, here's the other problem. The ins, there's not much there. Tommy Eisenhuth, Albert Vette, basically. Um, and it's pretty obvious. We talked about this last week, and while we still don't have detail, we, we have a little more detail, it seems, on their salary cap situation, where the reports are now. Now, last week it was 600000 and I think we flagged that that may be a bit too much, so they have to offload 600000 But the number going around is about 300000 Now, Sam Cassiano, I'm reading today, is being courted by Catalans and by St. George Lawara, and I think Leeds might pipe in as well. So that might get them out of a hole, but they're still not compliant. So eight days out from the start of the premiership, um, they have a problem. Uh, I, I think they'll get that sorted, but expect Cassiano and maybe one more to disappear from that Melbourne Storm side. So in the last two years, gents, they've lost, obviously, Billy Slater last year and Cooper Cronk the year before. So they keep on keeping on. 16 and 8 last year, they were second and obviously uh, went through to the grand final. They started slowly, funnily enough, which is a very un-Melbourne thing to do. Two wins and three losses uh, after round five. Um, But every year, gents, we expect them to fade away. We say, right, they just cannot keep doing this. And every year they surprise us. I think I've got the stat for this. And I'll get Sean in to go through some numbers in a minute. What about this, Dan? So last year... Do we all agree that the Roosters were the benchmark in defence? Yeah, by far. By yes. far, okay. So the Roosters conceded 361 points only, which is unbelievable. Craig Bellamy with the Melbourne Storm, for the last 12 years, and this is why they keep turning up in the top four and minor premierships and premierships, etc. The last 12 years, they've averaged 343 points a year. That's an average for 12 years which is 20 points better or 18 points better than what the Roosters did last year. They've done that for 12 years. It's, um, it's amazing. It's, one of the, it's almost one of the like, best records over a long period of time in not only rugby league but in all sport. The, how we just keeps on getting a team. And, and I've, I've been um, a victim of writing them off a couple of times mm. in the last sort of decade or, or so. And they just find a way. And now, like we've seen, I'll go through the prices of, of all their futures markets now. But there's a little Billy Slater factor. They're probably the biggest price for the for the um, to win the comp. They have been for a few years. They're eight dollars fifty to win the grand final. Top four, a dollar eighty five. That certainly would would be the biggest price they, they've been in that market for for quite a time. Um, and the season wins fourteen and a half, which we'll we'll probably touch on a little bit later. But look, I I mean. It would be it would be easy to try and write them off with the departure of um, you know one of the greatest of all time, Bill Slater, and then as you said, Dan before Cronk the year before that. But you can't write off the coach, and he just keeps on finding a way. So look, I don't think there's any doubt they'll play uh, finals. It's just how deep they'll go. But I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be writing them off by any stretch of the imagination. Dan, they start off with uh, the Brisbane Broncos, which is interesting. Mm. You got Seabold first up. Um, they were firing yeah. in the trial. We know tri- trial form doesn't really count for too much. Week two, uh, they take on the Raiders in the nation's capital. Week three, they push along to the Panthers away. So In Bathurst. In Bathurst, yeah. So not a bad start, but how do you see them? Mm. Yeah. I think, it. look, it would be stupid to tip them to miss the eight, but surely there's got to be some regression here. Um it looks like Jerome Hughes will be the fullback. Brody Croft will be the halfback. And then the rest of the team looks pretty familiar. Um, but it is a good start. They've got Canterbury in round four, North Queensland away in round five. Then the Roosters in the grand final rematch in round six. So it's not a bad draw. I don't know. This is um, this is a very, the over-under is 14 and a half. I tend to, well, it was 14 and a half. I tend to think, they might struggle to make that this year, but when I say struggle, I mean fourteen. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly um, what I was about to about to say, Dan. If if it, I think they're going to go under, but it's only going to be fourteen. I can't see them going any lower than that. So um, you, you blokes are both under. Yeah, yeah. Purely just on the, it, it's just a bloody big number of wins, you know. And they've lost, they've lost one of the greatest. And I'm really intrigued just to 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 see how this Brodie Cross year kind of pans out and how 
Bellamy manages him because he, he dropped him um, back to the Reggies for, mm. I forget how many weeks it was last year when he was struggling a bit. Um, but obviously he's got Cameron Smith to, to kind of uh, babysit mm. him there. And, and what they have been doing is bringing on the other Smith um, to, to play that number nine role. And then Smith almost plays the mm. other Smith. Cameron plays it as another halfback. So really intrigued. But if, if someone's going to work out how to how to do it, it's the mastermind in Bellamy. So. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, before you, we get your assessment, Joel, I, I, when we do these teams, I'm looking, I, I jot down what the probable best 17 is. And the thing I look at the most are the bench players and the players not even good enough for the 17. And there's, you've got to say, Brandon Smith, Christian Welch, Kenny Bromwich, probably Kamathamika or um, an Albert Vette. That stacks up pretty bloody well against even the elite teams of the competition. So when I say, you know, 14 or 13, I I won't be putting money on Melbourne to be the under because I wouldn't be that silly. But um, it's still a very sturdy team. Mm. Last year, Dan, 16 and 8. So they'd have to go Mm. back two wins to go under. But the punters... Definitely agree with you guys because the unders has been backed into a dollar eighty. So most of the money is going for the under fourteen and a half. I'm swimming against the tide. I just think I'll, I'll keep tipping this side to make top four for as long mm. as Bellamy's there and as long as they keep doing it. So to do that, they probably need fifteen wins. So for me, I'm going to sit just over the crossbar. Uh, if I'm having a bet on this team, men, I just think the dollar eighty five top four is just nice. Just mm. in fact. In fact, I'll probably go the other way. The bet is probably the two dollars, the better price to go over fourteen and a half. That'd be my bet. Yeah, there you go. Who would, who would be, and I'll bring this up now, the best Dally M bet of these players, considering that Munster is going to be out for one or two games with Origin, and Cam Smith is available, but. Um, did we expect him to poll particularly? Is Munster the bet if um, if we're going to go down a Dally M path? I've got. I've actually. Um, I've gave uh, Cameron Smith just a small trim in that Dally M market, just because I don't know. I think he's going to have a much much. Uh, I mean, he's always got an important role to play, but with the kind of he'll be coaching Brodie Croft mm. on the field, and I think mm. if if they are to win enough games to finish in the top four. There's no Billy Slater to take votes of him this year. There's not that dominant halfback like there was in Cronk. Smith could could quite easily, yeah. <laughs> you know, win the uh, win another medal. So th- he's thirteen dollars now. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be going him over Munster. I uh, Dan, I sent out the sheet to of all the prices this morning to both of you men, and I had. $17, and Sean is going, oh, no, I'm not comfortable with that. So, look, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Sean. $13 for Cameron Smith. Uh, he, he needs to carry the fridge, Cameron Smith, you know, with all those players out. I think I think 13 bucks not a bad bet. No, uh, I think – I'll tell you what I got is the better bet. Josh Adokar to be top try scorer. I know he's the favourite, but $9. Yeah. $9. I find that's a very nice juice. It's a good market, actually, you've got, Sean, here. There's mm. plenty of value. Vunavalu is the second favourite, but really since um, Adokar burst onto the scene, he's sort of taken over Vunavalu as the chief try scorer there, yeah, hasn't he? Has. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a really tricky – it's always a tricky market, this one, and there seems to always be a bit of a bolter that comes from – comes from nowhere but you know these you know Adokar is the obvious choice and he just scores for he scores for fun and he'll be he'll be right up there at the pointy end unless he gets injured or you know something crazy happens he'll, he'll be thereabouts yeah by the way pressure off Brodie Croft and for that matter Jerome Hughes because Scott Drinkwater went down injured so yeah. you assume Hughes is probably going <laughs> yeah. to be the fullback now that's his spot um so there you go that's basically the Melbourne Storm Dan but uh we move just on. quickly Joel what do you think of Croft because I was there the day or the night they beat South in the uh, first semi last year, which I think led to them winning the comp. Uh, mm. That changed everything, the fact they got it. He was outstanding that night, and that sort of ended the debate. Do you uh, Have we underrated Croft? Well, underrated mightn't be the right word, but could he be a real gun in this team? Oh, 100%. And the other thing is, Dan, he, he comes into this season having played a grand final. Like, it's, it's a huge edge, and having won a team through, as you say, into a grand final. So... Look, it's a huge edge. I think potentially it's not a major concern, which probably brings me to this question, Dan, and we've been asking it for every team every mm. week. This is a good question for this team. Which former club legend would you bring back at the peak of their powers? The natural two you think of are Billy Slater or Cooper Cronk. Who do you go with? Outside of those two, I can't. I don't really want to bring anyone else back in. No. You know, at, at, like if you, if you put either of those two players... So who would you take? 
Probably Billy. At their best. Yeah. Yep. Who are you going, Dan? Well, I'd have to agree. I would have tried to find a way to put Lazo in, but you've got Jesse Bromwich and Nelson Asif of Solomon. So you don't necessarily, they're not, there's no weakness there. No, no, no Billy, Billy all day. Here's the thing with Billy um, that they have to replace. Um, he only had seven tries last year, but he had 12 try assists. He had 20 try assists the year before, and even last year, six line dropouts forced. So he always found ways to contribute. This, mm. These are the little things that they're going to have to the, somehow replace. Mm. Yeah, well, wait, watch this space. But Bellamy just keeps getting it done. He brings these young kids through. And anyway, we'll see how the Melbourne Storm go in 2019. Newcastle Knights, Dan, we move up there and there's so much hype mm. around the Newcastle Knights. They were 9-15 and 15 last year, but they had 607 points against them. But big ins, Dan. Huge ins. Uh, well, firstly, the outs, Lilliman, Hyington, uh, Brock Lamb, Nick Meany, Ken Seo, Jack Cogger. And then, wow, he, here are the ins. Dave Clemmer, Tim Glasby, James Gavitt, Kurt Mann, Jesse Ramian, Edric Lee, Heimel Hunt, Mason Lenor, um, Zach Wolford as well. So now we're looking at a team with likely Watson at fullback, Kenny Dowen, either Lee or the Rostog, um, or maybe one of those in the centres, but one of the, that's the wings, Jesse Ramian, maybe Tau Tau Moga, Caelan Ponga, Mitchell Pearce, and then a forward pack of Clemmer, Levi, uh, maybe Daniel Saifidi or Herman S.A., Lockley Fitzgibbon, Sione Matautia, Tim Glasby, very stiff um, forward pack. And then you've got people like Mitch Barnett and Slade Griffin and Aiden Guerra or Jamie Bura uh, to fit in that team. James Gavitt somewhere, Josh King. So all of a sudden they've got, they've got a bit of class about them and they've got a bit of depth about them, which they haven't had for years. Um, nine and 15 last year, they actually won five of their first eight and then they went down their familiar path. They only won four of their last 16 um, seven of their nine wins were by six or less. So when they won, it was close. When they lost, it was big. Obviously, the question surrounds Caelan Ponga and Mitchell Pearce and how that combination will fare. Shawnee, you've obviously got an opinion. Uh, nine and 15 last year, as Dan refers to, uh, yep. you've bumped it up to 12 and a half. Mm. And it's, that, that's, a, that's a big jump in wins from, from and I know that as, as you've just, you've just run through Dan, they do get a lot of wins, but I've got a, a few concerns, and like they're fifteen dollars to win to win the comp. That looks a, a crazy short to me. They're probably, um, in my well, you're opinion, you're the one who controls that. Yeah, no, but the mar- <laughs> you said no, it. no, no, but the market sort of tells me, you know, yeah. where they want to be. Um, and we'd, we'd be we'd be we'd be best price of fifteen there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Might just double check that. Um, I, th- I think they're maybe one more season away from playing finals. I think Ponga might take a bit more time. Mm-hmm. Than we expecting. He's got all the talent in the world. And everyone knows that, but it's a big change going from fullback to six. So they might just need um, half a year for him to kind of find his groove, and then they might just miss the finals. So, um, but that's just my opinion. They do have they've, they've they have recruited well, um, but the the big hole in that team is is at number nine. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on who you'd like to bring back at the, at the height of their powers. And there's no guessing who, who you'd like in that team. Um, <laughs> well, by the sounds of it, you're, you're almost alluding to Danny Badiris. I might be. Yeah. You're, have you told that story in the podcast before you're, you're I, thought, like? yeah. I thought you were going to say Robbie Chew. <laughs> <laughs> nice I think, idea. I think he was the original Newcastle number nine. Was he? I want to find that out, Dan, while we're doing this. Yeah, so they, I think they, they they might just win more games than last year, ten or eleven. But I, I I've just gotten them missing missing finals footy. I tell you what, uh, there's a guy who I follow and I have great respect for, Nick Tedeschi, and he does this thing called the punters guide each year. Now last year, uh, even Nathan Brown, he said uh, himself after they played the Parramatta side, he said they're probably the premiers. Uh, they were so impressive in the trials. They were so good the year before. Parramatta, but here's what Nick Tedeschi had to say about Parramatta. He said Parramatta going into last year, mind you, Parramatta made some big strides last year, particularly in the backs and the bullocking forward Nathan Brown. But their rise to fourth and the ladder significantly inflated where they were as a team. The Eels were a fringe eight team who got plenty of luck in close games and benefited from a kind draw that saw them play just four origin teams over their final 14 games, including the Storm and the Cowboys during this period. The forecast, though, 
is a notable regression where they will miss the playoffs, he says. He says, it's impossible to get excited about this team. They've got a real Canberra Raiders 2017 feel about them. So he completely wrote off the Parramatta Eels while the rest of us were tipping them to go close to winning the competition. The reason I bring that up, mm. here's what he has to say about the Newcastle Knights. There is abs- For this year, there's absolutely no team I'm keener to take on and lay at every opportunity than Newcastle. <laughs> the Knights are again legitimate wooden spoon contenders despite the chatter that this year Ooh. is their rise from the ashes. Leave me out. No team looks as fragile as that of the Knights who are built on a foundation wow. of sand and swamp. Whack! He hasn't missed them. No. no. So... If you're wondering, and if you're a subscriber and he backs up his opinion of last year, they're $26 lease wins. Wow. Well, they're too good to be – hey, you've got to respect – he nailed Parramatta, so you've got to expect that, that fella's um, intuition. But come on, this list is better than last, surely. Yeah, but one of the things – 100%, Dan, but one of the things he talks about, uh, and you can purchase the punter's guide, and we've got no relationship with him, but, uh, you know, we are plugging him, so – Feel free to do it. Uh, they did win only nine games last year. Seven of those mm. were tied as anything. So they could have gone easily yeah. the other way. So mm. I'm probably with him. I'm a bit sceptical. Uh, 607 points conceded last year. That's a huge number to get your head around when you think you've got to be sort of that 380 or less mark to be a contender. So uh, Newcastle Knights, certainly not for me. Um a dollar eighty top eight. I don't know if I could be touching that. Yeah, no. I've, I've. The only bet I could have is them to miss the eight um, at at even money. The other, the other thing I want to mention as well. Ponga's favourite for the Dallium, and, and and you're right. I do put these prices up, but it's seven dollars. That looks crazy short as well with his move uh, to six. Um, I couldn't possibly touch that. Do you reckon we? Do you reckon he got a lot of votes early because he was so striking mm. and he was the new kid on the block? Do you think that he may be? Subconsciously marked harder this year, yeah, potentially. I mean, and the, but there was no one else to take to take votes off him either. And and the games that he that they did win, he was clear um, best in that side. So, um, look, he's a he's a gun. We all know that. And but seven dollars, um, you couldn't possibly back. I don't think. How would you back him, Dan? I think no team needs a good start to the season as much as the Knights because because of everything you talked about there and four of their first five are at home. They've been gifted a very nice draw. Now there's some hard games there. Cronulla first up. Um, now Cronulla put the cleanest to them in a trial. I wouldn't read much into that, but I would read into the fact that Cronulla, I think uh, have won their last eight against Newcastle by an average score of 35 to 12. <laughs> um, so they have just pulled their pants down. Isn't that a right? Maybe that could be the podcast name, pull it, pulling their pants down. That's a very rugby league, or he's got spiders on him. Yeah, I, I think in, um, in another era, if it wasn't this off-season, it would be a very good name, I think, Dan. Fine. I, I think the timing okay. for us so, wouldn't be the best. So so they got Cronulla at home, Penrith at home, Canberra away, Dragons at home, Manly at home, Gold Coast away, and then Parramatta and the Warriors. I put it to you. If they're going and Canterbury, Canterbury in round nine, I think they have to be six and three if they're going to have any chance of making the finals because it gets hard after that. Mm. And um, this is the team that needs a good foundation. They started well last year, it didn't do them any good in the end. Uh, I'm with you boys. I'm not as harsh as Nick Tedeschi, but um, I would also take the uh, missing of the eight. They've got a little bit of depth. That's the thing that worries me. They can pick up wins in the middle of the year when perhaps other teams are starting to fade away a little. Um, Mason Lenor is an interesting purchase, probably because I say that because they're going to use him. Um, but yeah, they're, they average margin of victory 6.4. Their average margin of defeat last year is 16.7. So we, we, mm. we, we've covered that in depth, but um yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I – w- I want to see more before I back them. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Dan, I think we probably all agree. We, they lose Kalen Ponga for three games for Origin, don't they, this year? He's gone for all of those. And I just wonder whether there's another one they lose as well. Like with the Jack DeBellin scenario, is it possible they lose Lockie Fitzgibbon at any stage? Uh, no, oh, not Origin. Jeez, I thought there was a situation. <laughs> no, 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 for Origin. No, no, not for Origin. Do, he's a gun, that kid. You don't think he's Origin bound, Sean? He might be bound, but not – not 2019. 
Wow. Yeah. What do you think, I Dan? Would, I would think, I was thinking, I was trying to think about this. Has Victor Radley ascended to such a position where he's in the lead contender role for, for that spot? Yeah, potentially. Every chance. Yeah. Every chance. Oh, what Because so Freddie, Freddie's a March, fan as well. March 6th and we're talking March Origin. Six, wow, we. I hate us talking Origin. <laughs> hey, by oh, the way, yeah, Dan. Now, now, and congr- and, yes. The halfback for the first ever night side, Steve Walters. That's not the Steve Walters, is it? No, no, no. And I got it wrong. Robbie Chu was the 5'8". Five five eight. Eight. Yes. The hooker, Tony Townsend. That's it. <laughs> And their first game, I remember this, it was an ABC 3 o'clock game, probably with the great Warren Bolan and Johnny Peard, uh, maybe even the late great Peter Jackson calling. Parramatta beat them 28-4. to four. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's they right. They kicked a couple of penalty goals. They, I, I vividly remember that. They just kicked a couple of penalty goals. And, Do you know who kicked but them? I think their, next, their first win didn't come to – didn't. Gold Coast took forever to win their first one, but I think the Knights won their first game pretty early. Do you know? Uh, I'll look that up too. Do you know who? Um, do you know who kicked that goal? Those goals, Robbie Chu. I do now because I'm looking. Oh, there you go. Well, they, and they did Robbie win. Robbie Chu. They won their second game against the Western Suburbs Magpies. You know, Robbie Chu might be the most important figure in Newcastle Knights history because he's the guy that demanded that Tinky Boy put in twenty million dollars into a fund a locked away fund so that if the mining magnate went broke, that the club wouldn't disappear completely. So well done. I remember there were polls, 95% of people wanted the Knights to immediately hand over the club to Tinkler. And and it was uh, Robbie Chew and another, another former Newcastle player who I forget basically said, no, no, yes, he can do that, but only under these strict conditions. So who thought we'd be talking about that today? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you need some rhyming slang. Get yourself a brand-new pair of Robbie Twos, <laughs> eh? How good is that? Hey, uh, Dan, so who would you have like in this current roster? So it's very, very important to put that into context. This current roster, you've got uh, Mitchell Pearce at halfback, Ponger at six. So do you bring back the yeah. great Joey or do you play Danny Vadiris in this side? I bring back the eighth immortal. I, I don't care who the halfback is now. Uh, I don't care what year this is. I bring back one of the greatest players that we've ever, ever seen. And, that, and that's no – you're going to pick Badira's I know. No, no, no. I, I, you, you you've talked me, me into a. it. you Johns, I'm taking him in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, you've talked me into it. And I'm, I'm saying, Mitchell Pierce. here's your new number. It's number nine. Happy with that? Oh, yes. Uh, Matty, Matty Johns believes that too. They should have done that years ago. Yep. Do you find yourself, Shawnee, as you answer this as well, when mm. you're flicking around and Fox League's running those old games, that if it's a Joey game, oh, I te- I'll just watch. Oh, it, it doesn't matter. I'll just I'll, I'll sit back. He, more than anyone, I'll sit back and, and, and watch a replay. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have to, uh, you know, you have to admire the greatest of all time, don't you? So any chance you get, you're always going to watch it. And I was, I'm, we've said it before, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, than you two lads, so I probably missed out on um, on seeing him in his prime. So I'll take any chance I get. Let's talk Raiders, gents. Let's talk the Canberra Raiders, the team who went 10 and 14 mm. last year. Uh, they've got some big outs, and I say big outs because they are big. They're physically big. Shannon Boyd, uh, Junior Paulo, they're both left. Uh, what else you got there, Dan? Uh, Blake Austin, obviously. Um Charlie Gubb, I read this week he's given the game away, disillusioned, and Liam Knight, the ins, um, they've gone to England again. Uh, John Bateman, now, sh- you follow the Super League, Joel, you can tell me more about him. Uh, there's some raps on him that he's going to be a really good back rower. Ryan Sutton, you need to tell us something about him. And Christian, uh, 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 Nicole Klockstad, uh, Shanze Nicole Klockstad, very good chance of being the fullback, if we're to believe what we read um, in the press. Um, the Raiders, you got it there, ten and fourteen. Um, well, under Joel's system, they were they were finalists last year in tenth. Um, they lost their first <laughs> oh, four. Calm down. <laughs> they lost their first four. Had never really uh, recovered. They got a pretty well. They got a decent draw to start off. We'll get to that shortly. Whiten and Caesar likely to be their halves. Um, half uh, fullbacks an interesting one uh, where they go there. Their strength is their forward pack: Papali, Hodson, Soliola, Tarpany, Whitehead, John Bateman. This kid Gulo is actually pretty good. 
Luke Bateman somewhere, Havili. Um, so that's the Raiders. Not much talk about them, is there? Has there been over the off-season? No, and, and nor should be. I don't really like um, anything about them this year. Um, Ricky's got a few choices to make with how he sort of shuffles his team around. As you said, is White going to be in the halves? What's he going to do? Um, whatever he does decide, I'm sure it'll be the wrong one. Um, I don't have them going. <laughs> I don't have them going any good at all this uh, this year. Um, yeah, that's my take just quickly. What do you think, Joel? Uh, just also on uh, Sutton and uh, Bateman from England, and, and I suppose they, they know – you know, a lot of the Aussie players who go down to Canberra, they struggle with the cooler elements. So you know when you're signing these Englishmen that they're going to be okay with that. Both these players have come off a premiership victory. Uh, Sutton's more of a bench-type player. He comes off the bench. But, uh, look, the English players in the NRL have been great in the past. Like, the strike rate has been impeccable in the main. So I suggest they'll be pretty handy. But their pack is uh, much, much smaller than it was. One thing to consider, though, is that... Uh, uh, Hodgson only played the 11 games last year, so that's going to be a huge mm. in, if you like, but Rapana being out for so long. Mm. You mentioned, Dan, that uh, Charles Nickel Klockstad sort of mentioned to be the fullback with Whiten playing at six. I'll be surprised with that. Surely the time has come that for the Raiders to be at their very best, Charles has shown that he can play well on the wing. Nick Kotrick's got to be the fullback, doesn't he, man? Nick Kotrick. Yeah, well, like we've been asking for this for for two years now, as soon as he kind of come onto the scene, I, he should have been playing fullback, in my opinion, when when your other option is Jack White. And, um, but, yeah, it's an opinion game. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we touched on Hodgson only playing sort of uh, 10 or 11 games last year. If you do like the Raiders, um, his Dalian price does look uh, pretty generous yes. at, at $26. If they somehow win enough games to to finish top four, which they're about $5.50 mark mm. at the moment, if they do win enough games, it'll be on the back of him. I can't see anyone else taking votes off him. He got he got 18 votes in uh, 2016, I think it was, when they were mm. an Edric Lee fumble away from playing off in a grand final. So he's got a lot of uh, votes in him. So if you do, if you do like them, um, I'd be going down that path. But I, I couldn't possibly um, have them finishing top four. Uh, wooden spoon is more of a is more of an angle for me at thirteen dollars. Here's an unders and overs for you, Dan. Round six, mm. round six is Jack White and still the five eighth. I'm not convinced he'll be. Well, I think if he's going, I think if Ricky's going to make this commitment, he's got to stick with it. Uh, I mean, the you know the Ricky Stewart way has been to slice and dice halves. But if you're going to make this move, it's about the time that Lockyer moved from fullback to 5'8". I'm not comparing Jack White to Darren Lockyer, but you would think you've got to let this go for the season. Um, you know, they're an interesting team, Canberra, in that they are so mentally or have been so mentally weak. You know, six times last year they lost when they were ahead after 70 minutes. Eight times they lost when they were up after 60 minutes. If we had a 60-minute ladder, they would have finished fourth last year. So they've got the ability to match it with the big boys, but only for patches. I don't know how they get mentally stronger, but I do – and I I tend to be with you, Sean, that it's more likely they miss the eight than make the eight, but I I am wary of Josh Hodson. Mm. Because much like a horse that's second up in a, in, a, in a preparation, he's second year back from a major injury. And we all know that is usually when they're back to their best. He's complete class, isn't he? Um, yeah, okay. They're very, very hard to read. Peak of their powers, former club legend. It's got to be Ricky, does it? Oh, yeah. Gee, they've got some to choose from. Laurie, they do, Ricky, yeah. Clyde, Mal, Lazo, Steve Walters. I think, I think it's Ricky. I'll go first. We'll see. Yes, you Belcher can't argue with that. But I, I would have put, oh, Brett, I would have put Brad Clyde in because he was such a mentally strong player and did all the little things. This is a team that doesn't do the little things. So, give me one of the most underrated players. Um, it's funny, and not at the time we all knew he was one of the best in the game, but we don't talk about him now. I, I gather because that he doesn't do media. He's a pretty shy reserve sort of bloke because he's not out there we sort of don't appreciate his absolute greatness brad clyde for me did he win two uh two clive churchill medals dan 
Yeah, one in a losing team. So this is the biggest game, the biggest stage that we have all year, and he has done that twice. Mm. When you think that there's four or 500 players who play each year, and he's done that twice, the great Cameron Smith hasn't done one. So you're right, he, he is very, very much underrated. I'm going Ricky Stewart, though. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky for mine. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a pretty obvious one. Um, but you're spot on about them about their mental toughness. You look at that at that side when it when it really gets cracking at the end of a game, and you know there's a couple of points in it. Who in that team puts their hand up to well, Blake Austin? Did a couple of times well, last year. He didn't, he didn't, yeah, he didn't mind the he didn't mind the big moment, did he, Blake? I mean, he, he had he had his downfalls as well, but. Um, I just can't see anyone that kind of outside of Hodgson who puts their hands up and goes, "I'm I'm going to win the game for this team." There's no one, there's no one there. It's not White nor Caesar. I know that. Yeah, interesting team, uh, the Canberra Raiders. How are you backing them, Dan? I like Hodgson for Dally M, but I, I, Luke Heary. You haven't changed Luke Heary's price, have you, Sean? I haven't had not, a chance to get in there yet. Not yet, mate. You haven't told me. <laughs> hey, well, what, by the time the listeners no, are hearing no, this, no. he would have. No, no, I'll leave that one alone, just for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, Hodson for Dally M. Um, no uh, no Rapiner for a long time. So um, I, I wouldn't uh, think anyone there is a major contender for top try scorer. The first part of the season, Gold Coast away, Melbourne at home, Newcastle at home, North Queensland away, Parramatta home, Brisbane at home. So they got four out of their first six at home as well. And again, one of those teams, they need to start strongly. This was a team last year that beat the Roosters and South near the end of the season in consecutive weeks, based built on defence amazingly. Um, but now I I think they're around that 11-win mark, so I'm leaving the over-under alone. Uh, just by the way, you mentioned about that 60-minute stat. Do you think, do you men think that the offloading of their really big players like Paulo, like Boyd, could somehow be related to you know, those players not going the 80, for example? Oh, possibly. Maybe their size was the That's what I mean. They were too big. Too big. Yeah, I'd, I don't know about that. I'd, I'd lean more to the, to, the, to the mental side of it yeah. um, more than anything. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to back them for the spoon purely because if they're <laughs> – if it's not going well at the halfway mark and they've only got three wins or something on the board, it can it can really turn to to water quickly for Ooh, this okay. team. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not putting my faith in Ricky to really get his troops fired up in a game that means nothing in round 18 or you know in a cold Canberra. So that's that's my angle. Yeah, I'll stay out as far as a bit for the Canberra Raiders goes. Uh, just repeating as well, if you've missed your team, it's on other podcasts as well, and don't forget to join. Our private comp on the Sportsbet app, which is the Million Dollar Tipping, the code is 59451, 59451. And feel free to throw through your names as well for the NRL podcast. Dan, uh, you're up there on the Goldie for leisure. How's the rest of the yes. afternoon look? Um, well, going up to Brisbane to see a couple of people um, this afternoon. I don't know. I might just have a hit of golf um, uh, now. Um Maybe get a massage. Maybe get um, uh, have a swim. I don't know. Just uh, you know, just just hard at work here on the goalie. Just, just live, live, time. live your best life, Dan. That's all you can do. Well, I play. I did, I did poker last night, which was good, um, and uh, it was nice to get back to the table. So there you go. Back hard at work on um, uh, next week, and I'm looking forward. We finally get to the games. We're only eight days away from the first game, and. I can't wait to get into the rigmarole of, of, of doing the game by game and getting back to what we hopefully do best. Any danger of having both you men in the same studio at one time <laughs> next week? I'll be here. It's like, hurt, here. It's like herding cats. <laughs> Mate, I, I had to drag through all this radio equipment, this, the, through, you know, like I, I went over in my baggage. Mate, I, mate I, the sacrifices I've made for the Sportsbed <laughs> podcast, I had to pay an extra. I can't remember how much it was. The wonderful people at Virgin, uh, uh, I had Ching. to pay a little bit of extra there. To, Cash for oh, comment. To, 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 to get because, yes, precisely. <laughs> um, because the, this radio, these microphones are heavy. So, you know, Joel, sacrifices have been made for the good of um, three wise men. Or, no, no, not three wise men, three blind mice. <laughs> that's, that's the leading contender at the moment. All right, man. Well, that uh, just about does it. Um, we're back on again next week. Got the Cowboys to go. 
Hey, just just before you go too, Dan, uh, last week, oh, the Cowboys. Did we miss a team, Joe? Oh, hang on. Hold the fire, Cowboys. I think we were a bit short. Yeah, we were a bit short. Let's let's just... Uh, Apologies to actually, the... Actually, before we launch into the Cowboys, Dan, uh, last week, we're talking yeah. about all things diet and your remarkable weight loss, 40 kilos. When you're away, yeah. does it all go at sea? It ba- uh, when I say 40, you can probably adjust it to 37 now because no. it's been a big... It, it, I had a drink with Gordon Tallis yesterday. Right. That, that never, never ends well. That That is, you're keeping up, you, you're basically, you're running a marathon but at a sprinter's pace. Yes. Um, so, uh, and obviously when you have a few and you knock over a pizza, that, that's not beneficial. So, um, yes, we, we, we've... Uh, we're, we're probably back into the 80s at this point. Okay, you answered the question. Let's move on to the Cowboys. Well, what's the point of going away <laughs> and having a good time if you're not going to eat and drink? Correct. I'm with you. Yeah. Cowboys, yeah. Dan, uh, the major out of the whole competition, the whole code is the great man Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. Um, he's the main one. Lachlan Coot, Sean Fensom, Kane Linnett. And um, Antonio Winterstein, in comes Nene McDonald, Josh McGuire. That's a great buy. And Tom Opacek. Uh McDonald's interesting. He got himself banished from a trial game. Um, so we'll see if he gets picked for round one. Um, do we all agree that Michael Morgan, now that he's the man, there's been piece, he's going to be he's got a, a roaming commission, a roving commission. No, no knock on the great man, JT, but. They are significantly better now. Well, I don't know about significantly, but we we saw the the kind of shackles were released when when JT was injured a couple of years ago, and, and Morgan became the the best player in the comp almost. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping he returns to that form. Now he's kind of got free free reign for for this team. Um, they're a really really tricky team to to try and get a read on this year. This, that pack. Uh, looks unbelievable. Um, Matt Scott, although he's another year older, how old would he be now? Oh, 30, 30, 32. Yeah. Um, so he's not getting any younger, but he'll be back to full fitness and they've got the, the best forward in the world in Big Tam Lolo there as well. So if if Morgan can find some space on the back of that huge pack, then they could they could do anything this year. But there, there are a few concerns for mine, but I think they'll just scrape into the into finals footy. Well, they've got Cohen Hess. They've got Josh Maguire. The, pack's, the pack looks it's as good as any, really, They'll need Jake on Granville paper. To get, well, Jake Granville's got no excuses behind that. Yeah, pack, yeah. yeah, you're right. And he's probably the, the one the one weakness I can find. And they picked up Jordan Kahu as well. So with um, Kahu, I'm, I'm predicting that Kahu goes to fullback. Morgan mm-hmm. plays alongside Clifford. I believe the Raps and Clifford are huge. Okay. Do you guys have Tamari Martin in the spine? Probably to start the year. So you don't have Clifford in the team? No, not not just yet. But, I mean, yeah, it's a much of a muchness to to me. I know there's big raps on him. What have you got, Dan? Um, I don't know if they'd put – and sorry, I forgot Jordan Carr, who is obviously a late entry. Mm. Um, I See, Kyle Feltz one wing and Nana McDonald is the other. Then the centre's Justin O'Neill and then you've got – like Opacek or Bowen, does Car- I think Kahu probably slots in there. Oh, dear, it's a good Anari Tuala as well, good mm. young promising kid. Yes, I'd put Martin at fullback. I'd just let him be, and I'd give. I, I'd have a look at Clifford. Um, they're in an interesting position because they had a horrible year last year. But remember, the Roosters had an awful year the year before, and then they we saw how they recovered. Sometimes you just have awful years, and. Um, I know they got a fair bit of ground to make up. Eight and sixteen last year, they were last after round twenty-three. They actually picked up a win or two late. In fact, they won four of their last six, so it was even worse than than that. Uh, eight and sixteen suggests. But um, I can't remember the, the actual numbers Tamalolo either. How do we think Tamalolo is going to go? But like, how, how do we think Tamalolo is going to go as an edge runner? Well, I, I think he'll go amazing wherever he plays. Just just give him the ball and tell him to run, and he'll do he'll do the rest. Um, I, don't, I don't think it really matters what number he's he's got on his back. Um, he's going to do a mountain of work as he always does. Um, yeah, one just what I was going to chime in before that from memory, their home form last year wasn't anywhere where it should be. To make teams travel so far up the up the top of the country, they need to be making that a fortress and winning every you know mm. not eighty or ninety percent of their games at home should be should be wins. If they can get that and get those runs on the board, they'll definitely pinch away wins with the, the it's quality roster. Um, mm. 
yeah, they could definitely make a big jump up from from where they finished last year. I think you can almost put a line through last year. Um, I think we all had them going really well at the start of last year. So, um, yeah, Tamalolo, another one. We've we've spruiked a few M winners in the podcast yeah. already, but twenty three dollars. We we know he polls well. He went really close. He won it one year. Yeah, he won it. He won it. He won it two years ago, and then he, he got docked six points or something for getting rubbed out. Oh, that's right. A couple too. of times. So if you add those votes points. on, he was, he was there about. So if if you like the Cowboys, as I said with Hodgson with the Raiders, if you do like them going deep, twenty three dollars looks looks big enough to back. Well, I, I, my bet would be uh, I'd actually take Morgan's also been a runner up for for the Dally M. Mm. So if you do like the Cowboys, I'd actually be having. Five or ten bucks on both those men, Tiamalala and Morgan, and I think you'd be right in the game. Uh, d- tough draw, Dan. I, I recall it's a really, really tough, ugly draw for the Cowboys. Yeah, they start with uh, the Dragons at home. That won't be easy. Then the Broncos away. That's always just a two- or four-point game. Cronulla at home. Canberra at home. Melbourne at home. Warriors away. Jeez, <sighs> If they can be four and two at the if somehow be four and two. Yeah, well, it looks like we've uh, lost Dan for the time being. We'll march on here. Uh, but uh, look, it's a horrible draw to start, Shawnee boy. But um, do you agree with the Cowboys that neither of us and Dan would probably be along the same page here are prepared to say that they can't win the comp and we're neither prepared to say that they can't miss the eight? Yeah, no, it's yeah, well, I'm certainly leaning towards them. Um, Definitely making the eight mm. as opposed to, to missing it. If I'm going to be backing them, top four at $4 does look uh, okay to me. And then like $15 to, to win the comp. This this side on paper looks looks strong enough. And I know there's there's a few contenders this year outside of the Roosters who we, we all agree are the clear pick. Um, this team can definitely go can definitely go big, but it, it could also go wrong for them mm. pretty quickly as well. So really, really tricky prospect the Cowboys to, to work out. Dan was keen to go play a bit of golf. So yeah, he's deliberately, he deliberately pulled the plug there. Don't, yeah. <laughs> he did. Anyway, well, I think that'll do us. That'll do us for today. We'll have all three back on deck again next week. Beautiful. Just repeating the million dollar tipping code for the private competition uh, for this wonderful podcast 59451. 59451. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully, it's scandal free and most importantly, gamble free.